Welcome to Minority Corner, where we take an introspective look at the world through an intersectional lens. I'm James, he, him. I'm a queer political activist, actor, comedian, self-proclaimed sexy blurb. That's a um, black nerd. And each week, I'm joined in the corner by other fabulous minorities and some allies tackling the news, pop culture, politics, media, entertainment, and history with a little self-care, self-love sprinkled throughout, all for our own personal and collective empowerment. Well, here we are. It is a brand new episode of Minority Corner. Y'all are in for such a treaty treat. You're getting a treat. Y'all, I am so excited because one of my favorite humans in the entire world is here. Avi Roque. I tried. Roque. I'm trying to get that R. Oh, wow. Avi is here. They, them. We love them so much. They're here. And it's just going to be some amazing conversations. There's going to be some laughs. There's going to be some giggles. There's going to be a whole lot of love. But we are going to kick things off with a conversation about Dave Chappelle and his hurtful actions uh, that they're having on the trans community. We're going to break down the walkout that happened uh, recently, what the actual demands and the ask were, and breaking down maybe maybe some of the humanity on both sides. I'm trying to play both sidesism, but we are going to kind of talk about a little perhaps what's going on in the mind of Dave Chappelle, this relic of comedy from a bygone era. Um, and again, how folks can be allies in this year that is set to be one of the deadliest years for the trans community. From one Hollywood tragedy to another, we talk about the tragedy of the shooting that happened on the set of Rust. Uh, involving Alec Baldwin and uh, what we know so far and just a conversation about safety on sets and working in the industry. Uh, as Avi and I are both actors, artists in the industry, though Avi is much higher on those lists, those letter lists than I. Then Avi takes the reins. We have Dia de los Muertos coming up and Avi is going to learn us, give us the education about what this holiday is really about and how it can veer into cultural appropriation. Yes, that's right. If it's anything that is connected to some sort of culture, it is in danger of being appropriated. De los Muertos, you in danger, girl. Kind of fitting. Um, great. So we talk about the, Avi learns us about the history of it and so much more. What a great episode. As I said, trick or treat, you're in for a treat. It is time to learn, laugh, and play on an all-new Minority Corner. You know what? It's happening right now. Let's go. Abby, Abby, Abby in the house. Yeah. James, 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 James. <laughs> One of my favorite humans in the entire world. I think this is just, I'm just going to gush for the next. Settle in, kids. I'm just gonna gush about how much I love Avi so much. I had the pleasure of seeing you recently in person. You did because you're famous and you got flown out to LA and put in a hotel and hosted a red carpet. <laughs> you know, talk to Angie. I will say the scuttlebutt is is everyone's like everyone from like my aunts to folks, they're like, Why was Angelina Jolie so awkward? I'm like, y'all. She's an introvert. She yeah. needs a sit-down interview and an edit. Yeah. Like, you know, those carpets go, they go fast. That's fast right. and furious. 
wrong movie. Avi, I have to call this out that <laughs> you're in the closet right now recording, and I love it. <laughs> I am. I am <laughs> in my personal little uh, homemade recording studio. Studio. It's cute. A little booth. I love it. So professional. So if you're like, James, uh, I thought you hosted the show. Was your sound not as good? Because Avi is a professional voiceover actor, and it's a cute little setup. I've record I've recorded once in a closet, mm. and when I came out, it was very triggering. Oh for me. no! Like I was coming, <laughs> it was coming out all over again. Do you feel triggered when you're in the closet, like recording? Is it like, oh, here we go again? Just um, you know, surprisingly not. Um, <laughs> thank goodness. I think if anything, I feel like. I'm like, oh, I'm in this little like, Ooh, this little like, little artist cocoon. Oh, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Like I feel very mm-hmm. at peace in here. Yeah, it is. You know what you sound like. I feel like you're gonna do some like audible does like meditations. Like Ooh. they have like they have weird ones. Like P Diddy oh. has. <laughs> And P. Diddy has some uh, like audible meditations. I'm like, what sort of contract? Like, how does that get negotiated? They're like, we need some meditations. Let's get P. Diddy on it. P. Diddy does like to talk on a song, though. If you listen to like mm. nine out of ten of his songs, he'll do like, that was really messed up. I really miss you. Like yes. when J. Lo left him and they did that song, he's like, I need you. Yes. Come on back. Yes. Or at the end of Danity Kane's Damage, it's <laughs> a minute of him just doing meditations of he's like, Sometimes you just gotta move on. He's like, damage, damage. And he like comes on at the end. He's like, you just gotta, you just gotta keep going. So that's what move our P Diddy. I'll be here. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna come for P Diddy's gig, and I'm gonna just Get go it. ahead and do that. But yeah, P Diddy that's really has that sultry, um, mm. you know, melodic tone to his voice, mm. which I I get it. You yeah, you've got that. You've got the same thing too. Speaking of R and B '90s, I don't know if you knew. I think this is also we, we were talking offline, and I've been. Uh, I think I'm also a cancer, mm. so I get I'm moody. So like every week, I have like a mannered or whatever. Like I just like have a week where it's just like it's rough. So the cycles of the moon. I think one of the reasons what triggered me was. I don't know if you know this, but all of Aaliyah's music is all streaming mm-hmm. on all of the streaming services. It has not been streaming for all of this, you know, streaming years of, you know, Apple Music and Spotify. Stumbled onto that and went into her third album, self-titled album, Aaliyah, is one of the greatest albums of all time. I have lost that album so many times. It got stolen from my CD Logic, you know, where you have like the CD case. That got stolen. And then I was like, well, I have it on my computer. And then my computer crashed back when you used to keep all your music on. So I lost that album. And then it wasn't streaming. And then I discovered it today. And it's been so bittersweet going back into the music of Aaliyah. Because it's like, I got this music back. And so I'm connecting back to my child, like my teenage years. This music, this album was just so impactful. All of those emotions are coming back up. And how beautiful these music rock the boat we need a resolution more than a woman like so much so many bops but then i'm also it's like i felt like today i've been re-losing mm. her all over again you know like it's like because she gone and so it's been like it just has been you know i don't think about Aaliyah not being here every day i should 
but uh, that's not healthy. And so it's been like this, like re going back, like oh, I have her music and she's gone, mm. and I'm so sad that she like. She reminds me of like so, like. I just always think there's those moments. I'm like, why did she get out? Why did they pack that plane leaving from Jamaica? The street of rock the boat so heavy, like, uh, or like it just reminds me of like those moments. Mm-hmm. Where, like, I wish you could jump back into a time machine and like, don't get on the plane, mm-hmm. girl. Or like with Selena, like, right. don't go to the hotel. Yolanda's mm-hmm. calling. Don't go. Don't go. We have to dive in. Well, we don't have to, but we are, and we are choosing to, and we accept this challenge. Um, I want, we're going to talk about, so, um, Dave Chappelle, we're going to talk about Dave Chappelle, Dave Chappelle and, you know, this, there's been a, there was a, um, a Netflix walkout. So if you're not sure exactly what's been going on, uh, there, Dave Chappelle has a recent stand-up show, uh, that's on Netflix once again. And it's interesting because it, I think that, okay, so let's take it bit by bit. So as a recent stand-up show, I didn't watch it because I remember watching his last one previously and it's funny, funny, funny. And then all of a sudden there's just this transphobic humor that pops up and it's like, whoa, okay. And it's so weird because I just don't recall Dave Chappelle of my yonder years that he's so known for punching up. It is wild to see him now punching down, right? Um, and he used to just be so reverent. He had this way of like talking about racism and privilege and such just like uh, using comedy as this tool. And that's why we like loved him and celebrate him. But that was like, you know, what, 20, 20 years ago. And a lot has changed. People have changed. The conversations have evolved and grown. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. essentially what ha- happened, there was his comedy special was uh, um, released on October 5th. And then, you know, um, there is a uh, really amazing uh, former employee from Netflix, B, I think their name is B Pages Minor, who is also trans and was working with, they have a um, network, an employee resource group, uh, which is my jam. That's what I do at my job. I <laughs> organize employee resource groups. And they have a group called Transstar which is for their, uh, you know, trans employees uh, at the at the company, and they will help advise. For one, it's a network and resource for folks at the company, and then also they can advise the company on, you know, different issues and how to navigate and things like that. Every company should have employee groups. If you don't, like, talk to your peoples there. Get it going. So they didn't – no one had, like, really even seen it. It was released, and then October 6th, people started discussing it. It was – there was articles popping up. And so then Transstar started having conversations about just conversations about the content and essentially like how to advise the company and like what was going on. Never mm. once did Transstar, this group of organization of, of trans folks and their allies, ever ask for this content to ever be taken down. It was main, mainly trying to advise the company um, essentially on like, okay, what now, how to move, how to operate, and things like that. So never once. So I feel like there's this, like, misconversation of, like, oh, you know, they're trying to, like, you know, censor. And they weren't going in that direction. They're like, okay, this exists. This is here. How do we have conversations in the company of, like, why is this problematic? Or how do we do counter-programming? So if we're going to have this, what else can we make sure that is also here um, on the platform? Yeah, and so they started having conversations. Um, and it's also, you know, October, also LGBTQ plus History Month. And so they were also advising that, you know, this probably wasn't a good month 
to drop a special like this. You know, mm. timing, let's maybe do this in, I don't know, January, Insurrection Month or something. I don't know. Um, <laughs> January's like ever no, Martin Luther King. Uh, what, what's no. like the least favorite month that people have? I don't know. I don't know. April? March? Yeah, it's so, I think we're definitely, I like we both zeroed in over in that area. Yeah, you know, Ides of March, things get weird. Mercury's <laughs> always in retrograde doing shit. <laughs> Sorry, March babies. <laughs> Aries, always uh, starting to shit. You know you out there. <laughs> Start a war. Um, so that was the original conversation was just like, how do we have conversations, you know, and bringing awareness to the company about how this rhetoric, you know, it's dangerous, you know? And so then you go get Netflix, Ted, uh, CEO, Ted Soros. Do you know what Ted Soros said? I don't. I um, don't. Okay. So then Ted Soros had put out a memo to Netflix staff, essentially in support of Chappelle, saying, while some employees disagree, we have a strong belief that content on screen doesn't directly translate to real world harm. And so later he then walked that back because that is a bullshit fucking trash fire statement and was like, oh, that was an oversimplification. Well, you're the one who put the words out. And that was like you thoughtfully wrote out this memo. Now, taking this apart, like, you know, it's you and I both know that, like, you know, words do harm. And it's so dangerous. Like, again, when you look at the work of, like, the KKK and minstrelsy, like mm. images have been used to condone ideas about people of color, black people, queer people, and that ha it results into violence. You have to look at it. 2021 is going on record to be um, mm. the uh, record breaking in terms of uh, yeah. the most um, uh, um, death by uh, uh, death of trans folks. Um, in the United States, it goes, it's going to be the deadliest year, deadliest year. So, you know, these words, they do matter, especially coming in, you know, at this time. So then people like put the venture, there was going to be just like a day of trans rest on, I think it was the 20th. There's going to be a day of trans rest because they're like, okay, we tired. This is exhausting. Let's have a day of rest for us and our allies to do some reflection and thinking and then some emails and memos of Ted Saros were released, and they were like, oh, hell no, we out. And so that's where the Netflix walkout happened. And there was a lot mm -hmm. of folks of, like, solidarity that were out there um, as well. And so what's interesting, too, is when the folks who are leading the charge here on, you know, Transstar and these, these employees and you know, trans folks and the allies as well, you know, they're, they're all they're asking for, the demands that they have are not, no one's asking for this to be taken down. Mm. Which I say snaps to, to, to us, you know, because mm. we're not to us. Well, I'm standing in solidarity, but I, I think like, you know, I think so often we get vilified mm. by like the woke police and, mm. you know, all these mm. sort of things. And it's like, no, no, fine. You know what, leave it mm -hmm. up, freedom of speech, cute, cute, cute. But what's the counter programming that we can also have. And so what they're asking for um, is they want the company to adopt measures mm. in content in investment, um, employee relations and safety, mm. harm reduction. Um, they also want to make sure that, you know, the company is bringing on yeah. more and investing in more queer and trans talent in, in storytelling, hiring trans and non-binary people in leadership roles throughout the company, which is also key. I think a lot of times what is frustrating with a lot of these yes, companies exactly. is they'll say like, oh yeah, we have mm. these employee groups or we have DEI 
but who's that got a seat at the table? And sometimes it's very frustrating when you have people at the top who are making these decisions who it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You've been to a workshop. Cute. Exactly. You know? Well, and right. even like with Dave Chappelle, he'll be like, oh, like Dave has, Chappelle is like a, um, a trans comedian friend. And so he'll scapegoat around that, which sounds very familiar of like, like when people are like, I have a white friend. I can't be racist. Like, I can't be transphobic. I have a trans comedian friend who says what I'm doing is fine. Well, you got to look at the data. You know, if 1% of you know trans people are okay with yeah. it, then I don't think exactly. that's good. Well, you're right. And also, too, what they're looking at as well is they want to, you know, for – Things that have, like, they want content warnings on projects that are flagging, you know, that have transphobic language, misogyny, homophobia, hate speech, and things like that. I don't think this list of demands sounds incredibly reasonable and also incredibly dope. I kind of like it. I'm taking a page out of this. Of Like, sometimes, like, instead of saying, all right, you know, take it down, then let's make sure there's counter-programming. And then, like, Disney has done it. They haven't taken Dumbo down, which Dumbo has racist content. They have put, like... All right, this thing is here. Warning. Yes. You know this like has a Peter some Pan too. I think. Yeah. Absolutely mm-hmm. right. And so, I just really applaud you know this movement, and um, I think it just was really important to speak to what is happening. And I think, you know, people who call themselves allies, like I, I'm wondering, like. I'm just curious. I don't know. Like, are you know for folks who are calling themselves allies, like. Are you watching this special? I'm curious about what your thoughts are mm-hmm. are on this for our allies who are out there. Um, are you watching the special? Are you having conversations outside of it? Because um, I hope you are. Even if you are taking this in, then that's fine. But like, are you also then watching documentaries like Disclosure? Are you also taking in other counter programming to also see the other side of it? Um, anyways, that's. I just talked for a million minutes. What are your thoughts? No, that's uh, you're you were like enlightening me, honestly, on the whole situation because <laughs> I know of it. I know, you know, I have not seen the special. I've never, mm. I've never seen any any comedy specials of Dave Chappelle, mm-hmm. so I'm not very familiar with his work or his comedy. But I understand this happened before in another special. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. Sticks and stones. I probably said that wrong. Sorry, I had it. it I was think a, it was called for what? Oh, well, was it for what it's worth? Um, it four years later, for what it's worth. Uh, no, that was a different one. I forgot the closer. The was closer the was one, one that. Uh, that was. Oh, was that the? Oh, the, ma- oh, the closer was his most recent one. one. And that then he had another. Yeah. Ah, he had another one that came out like Sticks a couple and of stones. years. There oh, it was it? Okay. okay. All right. Look at you. Got okay. it. Got the I receipts. Got, it. got the I facts. got it. Got the receipts. Um, but uh, yeah. Well, I mean, fun little fact. Even though I wasn't um available to go, but someone reached out to me to go to join the protest and the walkout mm. at mm-hmm. the Netflix headquarters at the offices. But I didn't know that. I didn't know that it. There's a group. Uh, trans star you said Mm -hmm. that that is within the company internal and that they were moving in a direction of okay we're not going to censor this we're not going to remove this we're not demanding that this gets pulled but how do we figure out counter programming or but that's also interesting that like 
because I don't know, does Netflix, I don't know at all, but does Netflix have any other programming where there are, like, quote, trigger warnings or, like, any kind of things? I haven't heard anything from them. I feel like everybody else, all the other streaming platforms, I feel Mm. like have and are on it, and Netflix isn't. Interesting. Feels like they're kind of doing a little bit of a Facebook thing because they're too big for their britches where they're trying to appease all sides and and, and both sides. And two, I mean, Netflix, I feel like they do produce, for the most part, very progressive content, but it's falling short um, in this moment, in this era. And something I want to talk, you know, with Dave Chappelle, what I think is very interesting is, again, he does come from an era, like if you go back to like, you know, the Chappelle show is so there is this moment when he was really doing amazing work and really calling out racism and white su- white supremacy and privilege, but now it's gone to this point where it's like this relic of this other time because now the conversation is evolving. Most people are really into the comedy of folks like Tig Notaro, Leslie, jo- Le- Leslie Jones. Um, oh my gosh, why? Who did Nanette? Oh my gosh, Nanette. Yes, like it's just uh, you know Mark Maron, Paul F. Tompkins, Leslie Jones. Like it's just. The comedy is it's e- it's evolving in a space where you don't I don't know if you have to he now also too Dave Chappelle is also a very rich black man and so when Dave Chappelle has been called out for punching down he's like mm-hmm. what the fuck does that mean because in his right. mind he's like well I'm a black man I can't punch punch down I am down and it's like mm, but there are yeah folks who are actually lower on the totem pole in terms of like who's being harmed and who you know doesn't have as many rights and 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 space and i think too I, it's interesting it just really reminds me of the space of kevin hart i think this is how shame we live in such a shame society and culture and like on the one end just understanding the humanity of dave chappelle i think like again what it's like to be a black man in this world and in this society and what's happening right now is he's probably feeling a lot of shame mm. And shame is one of the most dangerous feelings that people can experience because hurt people hurt people. Mm -hmm. And so he's probably feeling a lot of shame and unwilling to listen and being very defensive um, because he shame is I am a bad thing. Guilt is I did a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And so he's probably, you know, so much his own personal journey. What he's hearing is what people are saying, you're a bad thing. And that's, um, and I think some people are maybe being shameful in their, their rhetoric and that is yeah. challenging to take on. So it's just like, again, just seeing the humanity, there are humans on all sides of things of it where I can understand why men in particular, um, and again, with, you know, black men too, with the journey that they've been on and, you know, be strong and, you know, have had to fight and be these underdogs for so long. And when they're suddenly not the underdog in certain moments, it's hard to grasp and understand that yeah it makes a lot of sense and i love what you're saying about like the humanity of people but it does i mean it does seem like yes that like things are advancing and progressing and is dave Chappelle still like back <laughs> with in a in a certain era time generation but also mm-hmm. from my understanding on my own research too is that there was some like contradicting things about like whiteness and white privilege and queerness Mm, um i think it was something about like um gay i think a quote from his special was gay people are minorities until they need to be white again 
And it just feels like it was very at this lens, this white lens speaking about. Yeah. Which, mm-hmm. again, there yeah. are black gay people. There are black yes. trans people. Yes. 100%. <laughs> um, so I, I just feel that's a little like that's just interesting. <laughs> no, you are so right. And again, I think it also speaks to, again, the homophobia that is so written and also within the black community, not all. But it's still there. I think it's, mm-hmm. you know, it, you don't want to paint anything with the brush. Mm-hmm. Um, but you're so right because there are parts in the special. I haven't seen it. But from what I've heard is essentially equating queerness and gayness to whiteness, that it's a tool of like white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that hurts. And there was this, uh, this you know, the um, trans activist, uh, B, I think I'm saying their name incorrectly. So mm-hmm. apologies. Uh, B, Pageless Minor. Um, they were saying that, like, you know, they wish that they could have a conversation with Dave Chappelle because they have more in common with Dave Chappelle, you know, being from the South, being from mm-hmm. Mississippi, than a lot of these people who are going to his shows. Like, some of these, like, white, you know, bros or whatnot. Mm-hmm. It's like, if we were to sit down, we would have so much more in common mm-hmm. than it's like, you know, recognizing who is all within your community. But again, there's been this, like, hyper masculinization that happened during the civil rights movement, which pushed women fired Rustin and other queer people off to the side that is still still there and the misuse of Christianity mm-hmm. you know that again we look at the ancient roots of all of these of like you know ancient Africa mm-hmm. these tribes mm-hmm. and stuff there were there wasn't a word for it but there was queer folks there yeah. right but you know so it's all it's all a mess is what it, it is. is it is <laughs> a mess but I think it makes it messier when it becomes mm. so publicized I think yeah. when it becomes a main topic and hot topic of discussion, it leaves mm-hmm. room for so many different um, opinions, thoughts, mm-hmm. ideas, assumptions. Mm-hmm. When, like, yeah. This show included. Yeah. No, I mean, hey. Well, I feel like we were stating the facts I, more so, I, weren't we? I wasn't, I wasn't saying <laughs> <laughs> No, but I, I think I, I was also reading another thing about, like, it does seem, based on what I've been reading, that he does feel yeah. on the defense. But yes. because I, I understand that no one likes to be told mm-hmm. you are wrong, in trouble, you did something. Mm-hmm. Like, like you were saying, that whole, I think, connection to shame and like how we interpret mm-hmm. and how we perceive it and how we're then allowing it to manifest how we're, we respond. But... I think, like, I, I did this reading that maybe, like, with the whole walkout, like, no one, like, two ships crossing <laughs> the night or, like, what? But sometimes I think, how can we have these yeah. real serious conversations but n- not always have it be so out there? Dramatized. Well, and dramatized and publicized. Well, we need this 24-hour news cycle to, like, report on something else. Like, that also helps. It sensationalizes it as well and puts it, like, the forefront of it. As opposed yeah. to, you're right, like, this should be just sort of, like, it seems like does it have to be as prevalent? I mean, I, these are very important issues, but I think to your point, it's almost a private matter between, you know, these two different right. groups and entities. Right. And, it literally and feels all, like Dave Chappelle against trans people. <laughs> and that's going to put him very much on the defense and not want to come to It's a very scary place, I would imagine, to, to be. And um, 
Yeah, I but think I do think it's important. Like, I think yes. it does need to be oh. addressed. Oh, like, 100%. I'm not trying to like minimize it or be all. like, I mean, I'm trans. Like, <laughs> hey. <laughs> but yeah, I think to your point, it does get you know sensationalized and and overflowed the news cycle. But I think to quote Alia, I'll try not to cry. Oh, but okay. We we need a resolution. Mm. There's so much confusion. So that's that's it. That's well, all. hopes hopes to coming together and having some real honest conversations mm. to help implement and create change. I think yes, that's that's what we need. I think something else that I would like to talk about since we're talking about sad things in the news. Let's keep <gasps> this going. Sad, things, sad train, sad mainly things. because it again, this is something else that is affecting the industry, which I would. Uh, that we're both a part of i'm on like the, <laughs> i'm like a g lister you're like you know c list <laughs> i see you you a are what? The c, a c list a you're c? up there yeah. a, oh you wow are. that's higher than i that's know higher. i see you that's you higher doing than it. i would have given myself let's go okay. let's go you recorded all these things i see you um wow. so i'm creeping up um <laughs> but i wanted to address this mainly because my dad i ran to my dad i was talking to my dad uh, my dad asked me about this, and it was so interesting because mm. I feel like, oh, he was affected by this because he probably thought about me being on a set, and he was like, how did this happen? And mm. wanted to talk about on the set of Rust, uh, there was the fatal incident that took the life of cinematographer uh, Hylania, Hylania? Hylania Hutchins. Mm-hmm. Or Helena. Hel- Helena Hutchins. There we go. Teamwork. Thank you. Maybe. Or Helena. But I'm just, I'm not. I'm sorry, yes. I meant to research how to properly pronounce that name, mm, man. but well, H-A-L-Y-N-A. Yes, absolutely. Doing our best. I've only heard it pronounced like once or twice, and it okay. has escaped me. But on the set of Rust, maybe you've heard about this. There was a lot of you know confusion. So um, essentially, Alec Baldwin fired, and there's a lot of misinformation, and two, talking about how the Twitterati be wilding out sometimes. Um, everyone's got an opinion. It's like you have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. Like, let's calm it down. Like, um, Alex Baldwin fired a prop gun while filming a scene for the movie Rust in New Mexico. The shooting also wounded director Joel Souza, and the accident mm-hmm. was, um, you know, it was tragic. There was a lot of misinformation. So essentially, what had happened is that there, uh, Alec Baldwin was handed a uh, what was called a cold gun, indicating that it didn't have any live rounds. Um, and they were handed this by the assistant director. And right now, IATSE, uh, which is the International Alliance of Theatrical Stage Employees, um, had said that there was a live single round, but the, the sheriff's office is still conducting an investigation. And sometimes when you say live single round, doesn't mean there's necessarily a bullet inside there. It could still be just a... Um, what do they call it? The like the, dummies or blanks. The like blanks, loaded. yes, yes, okay. yes. So it could still, even a live single round could still mean. But anytime there's any like a gun on yes. set, and it's still supposed to be treated like it is a yes. real gun, Fully safety. Released. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, essentially, the so um, you know Baldwin is you know completely cooperating. Feels you know devastated uh, about about you know what what happened um there's a lot of i will say that on this set there was already folks i think like the day before who were working on production were already leaving because there was over safety concerns so they interesting and they only had 21 days to shoot this film 
And so, you know, producers, in order to cut corners, there were already complaints that there was, you know, safety concerns um, over, you know, the guns that were being used and just overall safety concerns. So at least mm-hmm. two different, you know, um, things were, were brought up. But things were moving so fast mm-hmm. and producers, you know, be wanting to cut in, the, cut in those corners. And I believe the uh, props – and so – there's supposed to be like a props master and a weapons master, and there's already some issues with the weapons master um, on, on set. And it just seems like it's a very tragic moment and situation. I think the thing that I thought was really, I think folks calmed down, is everyone's like trying to like, oh, Alec Baldwin, da 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 da. And I just feel like sometimes people can jump so far onto the bandwagon. He was handed a gun mm-hmm. that he thought was, you know, cold. Um, Mm-hmm. And you know this, and it was not. And so there's investigation with the assistant director. Why did he hand him a gun that he said was cold? And looking into the props mm-hmm. weapon master as well, um, who I don't even know if was on set that day. They're still looking into that. Um, and there was already complaints with about her on other sets that she had been on as well. Um, and the props and the mm-hmm. weapons master is the only person that handles all the guns. They train the talent on how to use them make sure that they are you know feeling comfortable and and safe with it so i just thought it was interesting because there's so much misinformation and my dad was like how is there a live bullet you know in the gun i was like well i don't know if that was necessarily Mm -hmm. true uh he's like do you think it was you know foul play and i'm like okay i think we're this isn't clue i don't think that there's something that far going on yeah i mean there seems to be a lot of a lot of uh it's still under investigation, yes. and so that's why it feels like there's a lot of speculation and a lot of things and people writing articles to try to piece things together about the facts and what we know. And I don't know, because in another article, I read that the assistant director yeah. was the one that people had complaints about mm. around safety mm-hmm. uh, procedures. And then he's just like, then, here's a cold gun, and then bam. Right, mm. like there was three guns on the table, took one, mm. to, gave it to Alec Baldwin. But again, right, right. Yeah. still, still, we don't know. No, I wasn't there. You weren't still, there. I don't you, know. I was not there. <laughs> I was not. You were right. I think the thing that is, but I want to highlight this though. In all of the years of filmmaking, and you think about all the guns that are used, this is only the third time that there has been an accidental right. death on a set. My cousins were like, there should be none that are happening. At the same time, well, there was a lot. If you think about the history of filmmaking, like so many guns. There was a lot of yeah. s- exactly so many guns, so many so guns. So oh yeah. my god, machine guns. We have so much violence. Right. So statistically, like of course something is going on. So I'm also thinking, is this a larger conversation of like why do we have so many guns in our movies? Can we move to space lasers? Like I just right. wondering like, and I will say to the credit, the rookie on ABC um, is no longer using live rounds mm-hmm. on set. Neither is Amazon series, The Boys. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, when we talk about the three incidents, this is the third incident that happened. Brandon Lee on the set of The Crow mm-hmm. um, was killed by a blank. John Eric Hexum, who was on a TV show, an 80s TV show, um, I think called Cover Up. It was a t- made-for-TV film called Cover Up. He was playing Russian roulette and put the gun to his temple, oh and it's goodness. still pressure and it's you know it he's brain dead oh for like you know gosh. and died i only know that because my character in new conservatory theater mm-hmm. centers band fags oh, which yeah. takes place in the 80s coming of age story of the 80s was obsessed with john eric Huxham. Wow. and i one of my character does a, a tries to do a seance oh. to like connect with them and 
it was obsessed with John Eric Constance. So that's character work. Yeah. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> you did the research. That's Good job. I thought as soon as I heard the story, I'm like, oh my god, it's like Brand- John Eric Hoxton and Brandon Lee. And lo and behold, there's there only three go. incidences. I mean, it is it one. is another problem though. It's another thing where yeah. I mean, you think about you mentioned something about production companies cutting corners, mm. budget, mm-hmm. money, and yes, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm not, again, not blaming anyone, not pointing fingers, just trying to name what I've learned and know. But, like, Alec Baldwin was a producer as well yeah, on this film. You're right. Yeah. He also has yeah. say in decisions that are being made. I understand, I mean, I, things move fast, as you said. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Again, I don't know that production side of it. So, again, this is me just trying to think of all the, all the things, too. Um, but with that comes who are you hiring? And I think, and I was talking to Christina about this, like, mm. she told me that I think that possibly the armorer, or as you called the weapons master, is, was possibly non-union. Mm. Oh, yes, so, there was that. Yes, there was someone that was issue. non-union. Yeah. But again, yeah. it's just about, like, how well and educated are you? Yeah. How informed are you to do all of the safety practices and procedures to make sure that things like this do not happen because they should not be happening well and there were actors who were tweeting out about this of like they were in shock that this could happen because one of the actors had said one actor had said there's usually so like an abundance like like such a wild abundance of caution like almost to the point where it's like they're like oh i thought they were exactly they're like it seems excessive like how could this possibly happen because there's usually such an excessive amount of caution on set with guns because again this does not happen yeah talks to the talking about the industry the the cutting of corners Mm -hmm. and there's so much that is happening like there's not you know hr really in our industry there is but not really and I just think us as actors and artists and, and, and folks on set, we really get taken advantage of because yeah. we're so connected to our hearts and our passion here. And I was thinking about this, like, wow, like I probably, you know, sometimes when you're young and you're like, I'll do anything on sure. set or like, oh, whatever. You're and I just think about like how you're trusting and you're like, how safe are these sets and these stunts? And it doesn't happen often. But now I'm even thinking like, wow, would I ever do a production now with a gun or I feel bad for all these actors who are on sets right now. They're probably a little freaked out and scared. It's, you know, this is a, it's a trauma that has, you know, happened and it's so tragic. She was, you know, a rising star. Um, the, the woman who was shot, um, a rising star in the, in the industry. Yeah. She was up and coming named in like 2019's like up and coming cinematographers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. And, and she's a and mom. Just, a mom. And, it just breaks. It just breaks my yeah. heart. It, it's one of those things that just you know it hits close to home when it's something like this that happens. You know when you right. You know I'm just a G lister, oh, but stop you know it. I've been on. Been but on, yeah, you know you're, you're, my finger wants to point to like negligence. Wants to point to being mm-hmm. like, what happened? Like what? What? It's just you think are you that? I mean, assuming mm-hmm. again, I'm not saying this is it, but like. Are you that ignorant? Obviously, are you case. that ignorant to think like, oh, well, it yes. will never happen. That will never happen no. because right. you're trusting. You're trusting. You're trusting because you come on set. You're like, I need to do my craft and my work. And like, there's also like a million people depending on you to show up, do the right. job. 
flight wow. and for you to like and then too i don't know like if you're like oh i don't feel safe are you like whoa diva or like come on like get with yeah, it like why do they hire I, you yeah but to your point now as an actor if ever i'm on a set that is gonna have mm-hmm. any kind of weapons or any kind of stunts, stunts guns like, or whatever you're like on wire work I'm or something gonna, like i it, it's on me now to like yeah. double check, triple check, make sure mm-hmm. is this we good? good? Yo, did you yo te- weapons? Armorer, <laughs> we good? Sharon, we good? <laughs> well, hello, I'm Renee Colvert. Hi, I'm Alexis Preston, and we are the, the hosts. Can I pet your dog? And we got breaking news. We got an expose. It all the beans have been spilled via an Apple Podcast review that said this show isn't well researched. Well, yeah, no duh. Of course it's not. Not since the day we started has it been well researched. Guessing and anthropomorphizing dogs is what we do. The Can I Pet Your Dog promise is that we will never do more than 10 seconds of research before telling you excitedly about any dog we see. I'm going to come at you with top 10 enthusiasm, minimal facts. We're here for a good time, not an educated time. So if you love dogs and you don't love research, well, <laughs> you know what? Come on in. The Can I Pet Your Dog podcast every Tuesday on Maximum Fun Network. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jill Firestone. And I'm Manolo Moreno. And we host After Game Show, a podcast where listeners submit games and we play them regardless of quality with a dozen listeners from around the world. We've had folks call in from as far as Sweden, South Africa, and the Philippines. Here's an example. This is a game we call Zooey Deschanel, where you turn a celebrity's name into an animal pun. You have an example, Manolo? Brad Gorilla Pit. Oh, that's a pun on Gorilla Pit? Yep. I don't know. If that's, that's Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. That's a high quality game that you yeah. could expect. That's the game show has new episodes every other Wednesday on Maximum Fun. Check us out, please. Ding. That was my ting on the triangle. Yeah. Let's talk about Dia de los Muertos, which is not Halloween. And it is not Mexican Halloween. <laughs> so I love it. You are coming correct. It is like Dia de los Muertos, the facts. <laughs> <laughs> I literally like wrote out. I feel like I'm about to present my like book report right now. <laughs> Good. You coming? Okay. Yes. All I'm right. I'm at school. Feeling very triggered, but you here we go. Not. Well, that, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I want to pause you in the action. All of that is self-created. Because it is. So it is. <laughs> We're in a safe space in we my are. closet. <laughs> okay. Here yes. we go. Uh, yes. Well, Dia de los Muertos, it's a, a spiritual ritual made up of, of many practices that dates back to indigenous times. We're talking like 3,000 years ago, <laughs> like so long ago in Mexico, Mexico, right? That's where it starts. Um, what I learned is that it usually took place, these practices took place in the ninth month of the Aztec solar calendar and then lasted for like a full month. Well, let's be real. As we've been discussing, colonization was a real thing <laughs> that yes. happened. And in the hands of colonizers, which is uh, often where much of the, the roots, I think, lie when it lies when it comes to erasure of people, culture, identities. 
the Spanish colonizers, they came over, I'm simplifying this, came over to Mexico, they were like, Catholicism! (laughs) As they do. (laughs) And wanted to convert, you know, as many people as they could, just coming in. Mm. And then that's when they changed the dates um, to November 1st and 2nd, which is how it's observed now today dia de los muertos but in catholicism and, that is all saints day okay and it because it used to be but you were saying i mean this thing was like a month long yes celebration get together and then they were like okay you get this they did this, it's similar to what christianity did with uh the like uh winter solstice it was yes. like a week-long celebration and they're like oh you don't have to do that anymore we got uh jesus's birthday and that's right. how they helped to convert them over to to that because exactly. i mean you know cutting everybody's everybody's things short (laughs) yes they're like okay they're like well we celebrate for a week you're like you get a day and it's in december (laughs) exactly that's exactly right um and that's so funny because i went to catholic school and (laughs) i feel like again when i think about my education and i think about like history classes like Mm. i remember sure all saints day and like you know observing these things or those holidays i don't know (laughs) um these days but i don't remember learning about dia de los muertos or like any of the spiritual practices of quite frankly like my people like and that's where so much of this erasure especially in history books and i don't even know what a history book right now looks like like I, I couldn't even – well, it depends what part of the country you're in. depends where you're in. Yeah. Because, you know, there are some teachers who are like, okay, let's talk about, like, real slavery. And they're like, that's critical race theory. Get exactly. it out of here. Right. Okay. So it depends where you're at. Where it's <laughs> – what you're being fed is going to be different. Um, yes. Which is why you need to listen to this podcast. Because yes. we'll tell you the, tr- the real real. We are the only teachers that you need. <laughs> <laughs> are, are we starting a cult now? I'm Whoa. here for it. I just want to make sure we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> no, no cults, no cults. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the 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 premise, the premise, the, like, the main thing about Dia de los Muertos it compri- is comprised of many components, practices, like, we are celebrating lives lost, like, our, our loved ones that mm. have passed on. And a lot of mm. what we have seen in the media is true. You know, I'll say that. Like in Coco? Like Coco, Disney's Pixar <laughs> film, which is a beautiful film. Right, um, and Book of Life is another one, um, but I'll make a point about that oh, okay. later. Okay. Okay. But it's true. Altars are made. You, you make an altar um, filled with foods and drinks uh, that, like, your your loved, your deceased loved ones were fond of. Um, and basically, it's meant to, like, you're communing with your, 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 your family, your friends, uh, and the spirits, though, are not yeah. obviously literally indulging in anything. But what I found was a beautiful quote is that what is happening is they are absorbing the aroma and energy of the food, nourishing their spirits to continue mm. like onward. So I thought that was like just really beautiful. Um, yeah. Also on the altars, candles, you know, that whole scene, you can imagine it, right? Like yeah. candles, incense. Uh, marigolds, which mm-hmm. is uh, a flower that is uh, symbolizes death, and so a lot of marigolds are used. Um, 
And then I I was learning a little bit too, where it's just like. Do you this also is, put sorry? Interrupt, yeah. Do you also put a picture of your loved one up there on the yes, altar too? Yes, photos, part of it? photos, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, but faces painted, which inaccurately people are d- people describe it as like sugar skull makeup, but mm-hmm. it's actually called calavera or Katrina makeup. Um. And then I also learned this, which I'm like, oh, this is the meaning behind some of these things. So, like, people wearing calaveras or calacas, which is skulls, um, and they were traditionally carved from wood. But this was done as a means of mocking death, saying, like, death, we're not afraid of you. (laughs) Oh, shit, come through. I love that. We are not afraid of you. Like, come through death, whatever. There's just another thing. All right, circle of life, let's go. Exactly. And the second little thing I learned was the sugar skulls. That is true. Mm -hmm. There are sugar, actual sugar skulls, small little calaveras uh, made of candy and piped with Mm -hmm. icing, you know, very Mm -hmm. decorative. uh, And they're eaten during the celebration. uh, And it's a symbol of consuming death and the negative emotions that come with it uh, and not letting death or, or those emotions consume us. What a beautiful, can I just, I need to, I need to consume all this delicious knowledge you just dropped yes. here because I think that in American society, we have a, we don't handle death very well. I think other cultures have it more so ingrained and, and, and as part of, and this is a huge sort of, you have this yearly tradition where you literally like confront like your fears about death and you just, you know, talk about it and, and, and also pay homage to those who have, like, I love, like my brother and I, when my grandmother passed away, it was very rough on us. And we often had talked about wanting to do Dia de los Muertos because we wanted to change our way of thinking, of feeling like there was this loss and just think of like every year, if we could, you know, celebrate this life and, and, Mm -hmm. and, just have that moment where it doesn't have to be this sad thing and we can just celebrate this life every every, every year. I just think it's I it's such a beautiful holiday. But I feel like everything has every anytime like I feel like it's becoming more prevalent here in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um which I think anytime there's a moment it's like ships passing in the wind again. Yeah. Where there's this moment where it's like, yay, we're acknowledging it, but then things just always go too far. Yeah. I just Similar to like everyone's talking about Juneteenth, people are taking off from work. Right. Da, da, da. I just know we are a stone's throw away from like come on down to Macy's for the Juneteenth uh, sale. No, <laughs> 50% off mattresses. Right. Well, that's the point. Commercialism, <laughs> capitalism, it's true. Appropriation of this holiday is everywhere. Mm. And it's it's been like that, you know, for a few years. And sometimes I think it's like it's sad because when I think about that and then I think about like, you know, just representation in the media, but it's like, it almost feels like this culture is minimized and reduced mm-hmm. to the, the bright, the, the, the like uh, vibrant and the spicy yeah. and the, and yeah. the, and the, and the Dia de los Muertos. Like, it's just, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> like There's just and, so and, much more. And well, and missing, I learned so much more 
And I've seen Coco. Yeah. I've learned so much more. But that's pretty much like my knowledge of it or seeing it in like one of the James Bond movies or something like that. Sure. Like I have a very peripheral knowledge of it. And I will say like I know folks are probably like throwing like Dia de los Muertos parties and I think that they're just getting drunk. And I feel like right. you could have a party in celebration, but taking the like it is about remembering like everything you just said. It's like remembering those you've lost. Like I hope they're taking it and honoring it with what it means. Correct. You know? There's sacred things and yes. there's meaning behind it. And yeah. yeah, it's always just a gentle ask to be around this time of being more like mindful and thinking yeah. a little bit more uh, about indulging in, you know, anything that's Dia de los Muertos related. Um, mm. But yeah, that's... And it goes back so much further Mm -hmm. Than you could even, you know, imagine. I might, I don't know where, I I think I, I took a DNA test. I'm 96% that bitch. Yes, um, so did I. I do have <laughs> 2.5. Well, I say 96% that bitch because it didn't add up to 100%. But, okay. so there's 4% unaccounted for. Okay. But there is like 2.5% is like Mesoamerican. Amazing, yeah. Yeah, so I, you know. I'm not trying. I say this, and like the listeners are like, "Shut up!" You keep trying. I'm not trying to Elizabeth Warren this and try to like, but she was like zero percent indigenous. So oh my god, she was doing the most. She was like, "I'm Native American," but she didn't know someone lied to her and told her. I took a test. Yeah, but like, I feel like I'm wanting to. Anyways, I I love learning about this because I could sure. have some sort of connection or lineage to something. You know, Aztecs, Mayans. Of course. And it's, I mean, that's, I mean, I know, like, you're in a database, just like me now, <laughs> like, with, the, with the DNA I, test. But the I think it is. At least of my wars, there are so many other things. I like, know. people like, ah, ah, ah. what do you, th I don't have those sort of fears about, like, what are they going to do? What, what are they going to do? Right. Clone yeah. me? Great. No, I need a I liver. Get I get it. You know, <laughs> I get it. I get it. I mean, that, me too. Like I said, I took, I took the test too. Mm -hmm. And I got, um, I took it actually. I, I looked it up when I was doing this research, and I have oh. thirty five percent Native Indigenous Mexico, Chihuahua, uh. Durango, and Zacatecas, and then I have twenty three percent Spanish. So wow, yeah, wow. So it's that's like, and that's what I'm like. Whoa, I have both. Like, yes, like, right. The and colonizer like, oh. and the yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting experience, right? Yeah. yeah, but it makes me want to wish, and I know this is like okay, my tiny little violin of like I wish that I did do like observe these practices. I wish I I wish I was more in touch with my like indigenous cultural roots, and I and I can. It's never too late, yeah. you know. But I just. Um, and the reality is that's not how I was brought up or raised. Sure, yeah. But I think you. T I think the first. I, I think the first part of what you said is the absolute truth of it. I think it's amazing that you're now. I think every. I think not everybody, but I think most people of color go through this sort of pilgrimage back to their home mm -hmm. and their roots in some way. Yes. Um, and sometimes we might not physically go there, but we have these moments where, like, I need to connect to my roots and my because you get out of this space finally where it's like you're done trying to assimilate because yeah. you're like, oh, okay, this is, you know, but then you understand that why maybe even your, you know, parents, maybe what they did to assimilate was out of survival or you're like, well, exactly. how can I assimilate? 
learn this or or really get you know connect to this and so i think you're right on time for this i just think it's i always think about that scene in malcolm x where malcolm x like goes back to africa and i think he was like in his third i think it's like his, yeah it was like towards the end of his life um but it was like yeah in his 30s and i think you're it's around this time period that yes. we start to do that and connect to our roots and that's why i took my test because mm. i wanted to know i wanted to see i wanted to and there was something really powerful to see because i knew i had family from the caribbean but then to actually see the lineage go back to like i actually have family from like i'm like 38 percent like nigerian wow um and to see okay that's interesting like is that nigerian roots from people who actually came over here i do have some from like the west i have like eight percent from like the west part of africa and so that's probably like you know slavery ancestors mm -hmm. uh from that like you know um area over there but then i also have like a grandfather from like scandinavia like what? 25 like 24 percent scandinavian wow well <laughs> we thought he was portuguese but grandpa <gasps> russell turns out grandpa russell was scandinavian it's get all along scandinavian <laughs> oh. no doing oh. the most and i think he got here from nova scotia which was like canada it is wild. wild. Grandpa Russell. Uh -uh. Grandpa Russell. Run in, Grandpa Russell was also apparently like, uh -oh. he had a lot of kids. Oh, no. That's for another another podcast, Grandpa Russell. <laughs> <laughs> um, Bless him. But, no, just to wrap up my corner, I feel like. Oh, there was, yes, I forgot. No, no, we you're good. There was the two podcast. little. It's okay. There was two little. Again, I'm, I love quotes. You know, sometimes just really <sighs> captures the just essence of a quote. message. I don't know why I'm speaking like a southern all of a sudden. I like it a lot. <laughs> but um, I just want to say, like, a, a lot of the information that I got was from an, um, it's called Wear Your Voice. It's that was going to be from Remezcla. Uh, it wasn't Remezcla, <laughs> no, but WearYourVoiceMag.com. But Nick Moreno was the author of this article, which is so interesting because this was from 2016. Whoa. Ooh. Flashback, time travel. Yeah. But I think it's still I relevant. I think like oh, when it yeah. comes to representation, when it comes to this discussion, like because every time I I, I have this conversation with Christina too, who who writes for TV, and it's like mm. okay, we have a, a a Latine, Latina, Latino, Latinx, uh, character. Okay, uh, we need some kind of uh, event. Oh, Dia de los Muertos. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's just kind of like okay. Hey, it's not very nuanced still yeah and but, it's probably um, like you said painting with like the bright colorful brush are they going in deep right. into what the actual day is or are they just throwing a party and wearing yes. you know face paint or exactly and, okay Which, there's the altar or are yes. they like having a real moment about this and what exactly. it really means exactly and these are the quotes here we go mm, give me the quote while this holiday may include beautiful colors and sights it's quite sacred and holds a great deal of meaning. It's not something to exotify or tokenize. Mm. We are a culture, not a costume. Ooh, I think that is a quote that could be applied to pretty much right? every. I need that on a t-shirt. Anytime I see something appropriating, I'm yes. like, or handing out as cards. Yes. I'm about to go to Outside Lands oh. and on, well, they have like a thing because it's also like Halloween weekend. Oh. Outside Land is a music festival at Golden Gate Park. So they have on the uh, there's a pamphlet and it's like you know rules and things like that, but it's also like dress code and oh. it has like no appropriation is allowed. Wow! So I should bring some of those cards and and I said to my friend I was like, but what if I what if someone is indigenous, like and they're wearing like you know a headdress or something like that? But then sure. I thought they're probably not wearing it 
to outside lands. Right. My hunch would be that, it, you know, it's ceremonial. Interesting. So. I mean, hey, you know, kudos to the people that are trying to, like, be mm. responsible or trying mm. to make changes or thinking more critically or trying to think in a way that is, like, supportive, you know. It's just the truth is we're still in a, like, trial and error period. Like, we're yes. still in a place of, like, we're still learning, and there's a lot of learning curves, and there's still a lot of figuring things out, you know? Well, it goes back to Dave Chappelle, and I think we have to be in that space where yeah. we can be in that space of learning and, and conversation. I think it goes both ways, too, of giving. I always say give space and grace. Mm -hmm. I'm going to step in it. The other person's going to step in it. We have to not be so torch-heavy that we give space for, like, so people feel comfortable and safe to come to the table like, oh, I just really fucked up. Like, oh, what do we do? All right, mm -hmm. come on in. Let's have a conversation and tease this out. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. This was so <laughs> – wait, was there another quote? I thought um, there was two quotes. No, the, well, it was two oh, quotes, together. but then I combined them because I was oh, like – Oh, look at you. This is – I researched. This I is I did it. my book report. I did my Mike book report. Drop. Thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> Um, but you want, wait, wait, you want to know what, oh, though? There was what? one little thought, you know, you know, oh, yeah, the yeah. one thing. You're a thinker. You're related, a thinker. but not related, but related. Okay. It has to do <laughs> with Topo Chico. Do you know Topo Chico? That sparkling I mineral don't. water? Topo no. Chico, you've probably seen the label. Right. Google yes. it. Google it. Okay. I'm doing oh hard seltzer. Yeah. Well uh, okay. Oh, I have seen this before. Well, it's originally just sparkling like mineral water, Topo Chico, and like I used to only know of it like in San Francisco, like at the ta the taco trucks or the taqueria oh, yeah. or I've seen this. Like the tiendas or the oh, liquor stores. No. But now Yikes. I just went to a website. What? Oh, I have no. to. Okay. Okay. Hold oh, on. Oh no! I have to send you this link. Oh, I'm I don't. Well, I don't fully know this person's background, oh. but click okay. on that link if oh you go my to gosh. Topo okay. I will, Chico I will. USA dot net. This looks like. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. This is exactly <laughs> my point. Here we go. This has to do with like capitalism with a. Uh, 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 you know, all that stuff about making money off of things where I, like I said, I only knew Topo Chico in the taquerias, uh, uh, at the taco truck, in the tiendas, in the, in the like, little, you know, Latin, Latine liquor stores and markets. Okay. Then over time, it, like, got very popular. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna blame white people. <laughs> Well, on this website, it looks like there is nothing about white people for Tapo Chico. I can't, you know, I'm not going to point fingers. I don't know. All I know is that all of a sudden, I'm walking through a Whole Foods, and I'm like, no, oh, Topo no. Chico. When, like, you would buy it for, like, some odd cents, oh, 90, I don't know, like a dollar, whatever. Dollars. And then, you know, so, and now it for comes in various flavors, and okay. it comes in a hard seltzer version. Yeah, that's, uh, well, this website, and again, these... Uh, they're fair-skinned people who are on the, Correct. and they could they could still be, yes, you they know, could be. Latinx they or Latinx. Um, 
so I don't know, but I mean the first, the very white passing on this, yes. you know, website, yeah, and it is. Know. I mean, this guy here, I don't know. We this, don't know. He looks like a but anyway, you know, I get yes. it. You want to make money? I get it. Okay, you want to make money, but I just find it. But I think it, that money should always go back to a portion of it, especially if these folks are not of the community. So I hope it's good. some of it is going back to sure. I hope. And then, then again, I could have my facts wrong and maybe Topo Chico was never like, I don't know. I have to do my research. Well, <laughs> then, well, then it's problematic because we're doing oh. like an Aunt, Aunt Jemima sort of situation okay. or Uncle Ben's, right? Then that's problematic. I did a quick Google, James. It says Topo Chico yeah. has been sourced from and bottled in Monterrey, Mexico since 1895. Well, there you go. There you go. So. The receipts, eighteen ninety five. There you go. Okay. That's well. There you right, are. Yeah. That was my last like. <laughs> I appreciate. Bring the facts. Bring the facts. Oh, brilliant. I say you get two A pluses for this oh outstanding book report. Oh my gosh! I'm so happy. Yeah, you got two. You did it. This you is got. Great. You got three. Oh. Okay. <laughs> well, then you're getting five. Um, Stop it. Happy Dia de los Muertos. Oh. Do we say that? Do we yes, say happy? Dia de los Muertos. Feliz Dia. Feliz. It's coming it feliz? up. Feliz Dia de. I, you know. Okay. See, don't. I'm not. Oh, sorry. Don't. You're like that wasn't in my research. Whoa. That wasn't in my. Research. <laughs> End it. Sarah, cut. Cut. Cut before you're asking too many follow-up Well, there is the episode. There you have it, folks. A big thanks to everybody who participated in the block party. Still figuring out what that was. But I appreciate that y'all were sharing out this pod, uh, letting people know to come and find us. Hopefully you enjoyed that bonus episode with myself and Renee Colvert from Can I Pet Your Dog and Janet Varney from the JV Club. We're getting the, getting the band back together. Fun times. So I wanted to circle back on the Dave Chappelle conversation and I was watching a YouTube clip came up uh, regarding with Bill Maher on his show and maybe that was my first mistake but I'm trying to listen to other opinions and ideas and blah 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 blah. So watching Bill Maher and he had some opinion writer for the New York Times and then Andrew Yang discussing this conversation and my first thought was like wow we're gonna have two cisgender men talking three cisgender men having this conversation and having all of the opinions in the world and of course they prefaced it with that they are not anti-trans but blah 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 and it's like ugh, it just seems like for a show that's supposed to be this debate show wouldn't you want to have more diverse of opinions it was just a lot of like yes people on there and it was just very disconcerting because you know bill maher's like you know i'm not anti-trans but i am team dave right and it's this whole entire idea of this i don't know these men who just like they're you know being so censored and they're like you know just because you're trans doesn't mean you're right and it just was like but y'all are not having people on this show to even voice this other side and you're just going on this tirade and this attack anyways it just made me think about like all the people who are out there probably watching this bill maher show and taking this as like well bill maher said it and just taking it as as fact and i just really challenge everybody when you are taking in these sources to check in like who is saying this and are there other voices that i could be listening to and should be listening to so 
I know. I, I took that in as soon as I saw that there were just these three cisgender men about to have this conversation. I was like, okay, let me, I'm filtering it through. These are three cisgender men having this conversation. And I got to say, Andrew Yang, I am not on that Yang gang. I said it. If you watch this interview, it is very, very disappointing. Uh, very disappointing. Very disappointing, Andrew Yang. I just have to say. So those are my two cents. I just had to throw that in there. It made me that much more angry and infuriated about um, everything that's going on with um, with 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 the situation here. So I wanted to share that with you all because you're my friends, you're my community, and I love you. Well, that's it for this week's show. We do have Avi is coming back next week because there is still much more to discuss. Finally, after weeks of saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk about this. Finally going to do it. Next week, we are going to be finally diving into Afro-Mexican Emilio Roble, born Emilio Robles, who fought in the Mexican Revolution as a male Zap Zapatista colonel and became the first transgender soldier, soldier in Mexican military history. We're going to talk about their story and their erasure, why you maybe haven't heard about them. That is coming up next week. It's official. It's happening. You tune in next week. You're going to hear all about it. It's an amazing story, an inspiring story, and we're going to get into it next week. So that's to look forward to. In the meantime... Have a great, wonderful week, y'all. Big thanks to our editor and producer, Sarah Brown, and our production coordinator, Lori Fowler, to all of our listeners and our Maximum Fund members who help make the show so possible, and to Avi, who will be back next week. And uh, there we go. Have a great Dia de los Muertos. Celebrate and recognize appropriately, and we'll see you next week. Love you. Take care. Oh, thank you for listening to Minority Corner, <laughs> because together we're the majority. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned, audience supported.